All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. Pratt Rogers is in this week for his weekly segment on Ole Miss football. How you doing, Pratt? I'm doing great. How are you, Stephen? Man, I am just absolutely peachy. We are at the point, just to, so everybody knows, when this is being recorded, there's rumors abound of Chris Beard on campus and the chancellor and the athletic director meeting with Chris Beard and all that's going around. So that has my radar and my attention, the whole thing. So talking about Ole Miss football now, that will be A, a welcome respite, and B, I might be a little distracted while we're doing it, Brad. Well, I don't blame you. It's big news. I think everybody's excited. There's no doubt he's a fan favorite coach. Uh, it's just, can can Keith Carter get it done, man? Yeah, that's kind of what they did. It gets to the point where they wouldn't be meeting with him personally if he didn't pass all the background checks whenever they they checked him out. And so them, this is like they're looking for confirmation, and they wouldn't have been leaked to the Ole Miss fan base early if they weren't way down the road. They wouldn't just do it willy-nilly. So I think it's at the point where it's safe for people to be excited about this. I, I am too. I, uh, you know, there's plenty of other options, but I think he's kind of our, our top option. At least he should be, unless there's some sort of big red flag in the background check. And I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic and don't want to, don't want to look up our next podcast and, you know, be disappointed, Steven. Yeah. Well, I mean, by the time we record again, we'll probably, the way it seems, we might know something about it because, between now and the start of the NCAA basketball tournament, somewhere somewhere in there, um, I think it's going to be named one way or another. Yep, I agree with you. Well, anyway, let's go over to football. Jordan Lockhart decommitted, and let's just be real about this. He hasn't been committed in a while. He may have said he was six months ago, but he has been going to Alabama. He's been to Alabama like four times. He's been going yep. to USC multiple times. He has not been acting like a committed athlete. So that is important to realize when it comes to um, comes to um, Jordan Lockhart in this situation. Yep. No, I 100% agree with all that. Everybody always says follow the visits, and when you're you're not visiting Oxford and you're visiting everywhere but Oxford, it's hard to hard to really feel warm and fuzzy uh, about a prospect, even if he is committed. Um, you know, it's I always Stephen. I think it's a little weird that. Um, I think he's a great prospect. I mean, he's probably a very high three, you know, low four-star guy on pretty much everywhere. And it's interesting to me that, you know, he goes and visits Bama and, uh, you know, decommits the following few following days after. And, you know, I just – I think a guy like that probably gets buried on the depth chart at Bama. But, you know, especially in a position of need – in Oxford, I just think we could really, really use a linebacker. He could be the guy. Um, so it's an interesting move. You know, I hope he circles back around. No, no negative feelings for me. I think he's a great athlete, but um, it'll be interesting to see. Kind of a weird, weird decision, I think. Yeah, a kid from California also probably does not have heart heartstrings when it comes to Ole Miss, so yeah. they will be more apt to look around as well. This past weekend, there were some visits on campus, and they've kind of kicked off the 2024 
recruiting cycle in earnest. The dead period's over. Now it's kind of full bore. Who do you think will be the first player from the state of Mississippi in this historic Mississippi class that will commit? I think it's got to be Braylon Burnside. And just like, I'm so excited. I think it's got to be him. I don't know why. I just... Uh, kind of in my gut, I just feel like he could be the A.J. Brown 2.0 out of Starkville High, you know, just such a baller. I think uh, that would be a big win for the state, you know, to get him – or win for Ole Miss to get him out of state, uh, the the clutches of state, and uh, get him over to Oxford. I just think that would be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on him. Uh, what about you? Thoughts? I'm thinking Jeremy Scott's going to be the first instant player to commit to Ole Miss. He's a six foot four, six foot five wide receiver with a frame that can grow up to 220, 230 pounds. He could eventually be almost a plus Evan Ingram. He's not there yet. He's a he's a wiry guy. We'll just say that. He's six four, six five, hundred and eighty pounds. He's got some growing to do. He's a, he would be a candidate for a red shirt at Ole Miss. But I think that he will commit to Ole Miss. And they will put him at the training table and they try to develop him. I think he's going to be the first player from this Mississippi class that pulls the trigger. They really, be, they really love that kid. I was about to say, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's probably 1A and 1B, Stephen. Um, I read an article recently that uh, maybe on Twitter that uh, – uh, a quote from Kiffin saying, look, you're going to be the guy, and as soon as you commit, the pieces will start falling, uh, and you're kind of the cornerstone for the class, be the first guy. So you, you may you may be on to something there. Um, but, yeah, ready for anybody to, to pull the trigger right about now outside of uh, the quarterback from California. Um, Arizona. He's from Arizona. Arizona, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so – yeah, outside that, I'm kind of ready to get the class kicked off. Yeah, me, me as well. Um, and this recruiting cycle, getting going, this is actually you know worth paying attention to. This is this is the start. Now, in the next month or two, there's probably going to be a few commitments that pop up, but don't expect to be a free flowing rush of commitments like Matt Luke in 2019, where he got like 13 in two weeks. Uh, yeah. It's not going to look like that. It might be five by june or something like that well steven i'll ask you now uh what do you think our portal versus uh high school ratio is this year i mean i felt like there was a i think we've talked a few times now maybe a few misses in the high school class hopefully made up for that in the portal in the 23 class in a perfect world what do you think we uh we ink high school wise in 24 and portal wise in 24 i think the the thing that everybody needs to realize with the transfer portal and that moving forward is that it depends on the class that's coming in. And Mississippi's absolutely loaded. We're going to have to fight for these guys, but there's a lot of Mississippi players. So ideally, I think this high school class could be 16 to 18 this year. Um, last year, it was 12 to 14. Yeah. And next year, and the year next year could go back to that. And they're going to use the transfer portal for sure things, but if they have a chance to get dudes, and that's what they're looking at this year is getting just dudes, you can do it within a 200-mile radius of your campus and be really successful doing it, in my opinion. No, I agree. I think uh, that I was going to say uh, uh, probably half and half, you know, 15 and 15 uh, in a big class, something like that, 15 and 10 maybe on the – 10 being the portal side um 
Yeah, I think we we we've got to you know lean on the high school classes a little bit more than we we did this last last class. I think everybody would admit that. Well, I I would not admit that because some people still view high school recruiting as the foundation to building a program. You can't successfully build a program this other way. And the fact is nobody's seen that happen. But if you have to take and fill up things and get your high school, because whenever you look what David Cutcliffe did, Ned Orgeron, Houston Nutt, and Hugh Freeze, there's a lot of filling it up with low-level three stars that might be at Southern Miss now. For sure, that, no doubt. Yeah, that have no business being on the roster. And it but was they were just from filling, Mississippi. Yeah, it was they, filling out a class, yeah. essentially. Now you can say, okay, this is the 12 players that we're going to get, or 18 players, or however that number is from high school. These are the number of players that we think can play, and we can just go get transfer portal guys um, to fill in the rest instead of those low three stars, those projects. I and 100% it, agree with that, but I yeah. still th- I personally think 12 is a little – I mean, 12, 13 is pretty light, uh, but – Anyway, you know, I, I 100% agree with you, though. You don't want to run into a numbers game for the sake of running into a numbers game. Yeah, and that that's something that happens. And Heck, Houston Nutt, I think, had a class with 45 signees when he could sign 25. Just went and oh got every gosh. non-qualifier known to man just to boost up his rankings and the way it looks. Yeah, it, it was absolutely, utterly ridiculous, but – I mean, we'll see. The recruiting services, the sites like On3 and 247 and Rivals, they, yes, they're going to push high school recruiting because that's what their business model is. They, they don't want it to get away from that. The transfer portal, they need windows to be able to funnel people to an event that they can make money off of and market. So right now, the transfer portal is being covered begrudgingly by them. It is still and always going to be the high school model because you can point to this day and this day as the, uh, as the signature moments. So you will see them always talk about how this three-star player might be better than that transfer portal player, and there's absolutely no proof of it. So I think one thing that uh, some of the sites should do, if you're a 2021 guy or whatever and uh, you want to transfer, I think if you really care about recruiting rankings – that you should be able to capture his number from when he was a freshman and apply it to, um, to you know, his transfer year. So, for instance, if he's a five-star in 2021 and, you know, he got stuck at Bama behind two or three other five-stars, what is taking away from him being a five-star still other than just lack of playing time? I think, yeah. I think recruiting services are going to run into a little bit of um, – a little bit of uh, question marks with that. And that may go back to your point of pushing high school rankings. You get four years to evaluate a kid uh, in comparison to a shorter time period with a transfer portal guy. But um, yeah, I think, I I don't know, uh, just food for thought on that. What they honestly should do, they won't do because there's not enough manpower, but what they should absolutely do is have high school rankings and the class of 2023 or 2024 into their junior year, their senior year, like they're already done, and it just continues. Their freshman year of college, their sophomore year of college. And then if they transfer, that's the star rating that moves along. Wow. Yeah, that would and, be that would be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and instead of just 
kind of fudging numbers, which they're absolutely doing right now. We're, yeah. we're, we're still, we're, you know, we're talking about Chris Marshall as a five-star player. Well, he, he had 12 catches this year. I mean, how do I, you know what he is? I agree, but hmm. I also don't think he's a, you, you can use the counter argument of, is he a three-star guy? Yeah, Because he didn't exactly. play at all. And exactly. I disagree with that completely. So yeah. uh, That's the reason I think they, they need to go. If pro football focus can pretend to grade every single play in college and pro yeah. and just put out a number there, they can do the same thing for recruiting rankings. Uh, yeah. They, they just can't. Because if they want us to take them seriously, give us something to take them seriously about. And I will also say the pro football focus, grading an offensive lineman's production is nearly impossible. Unfortunately, it really is. I hate it for the big guys, but it's nearly impossible. So for you to say, uh, come up with an arbitrary number that this offensive lineman graded out at a 79 or whatever on a game-by-game basis Use that manpower to go build out a real recruiting database, I think, like you're describing, Stephen. I think that would be so cool. Dump got, the lineman thing. They've got eight full-time workers at PFF that oh grades all this game. Eight that people. Is yeah, it is absolutely a joke. Um, but they've made it to where it's absolutely relative. So every time you hear somebody talk about PFF snap counts or grades or things like that, just realize they no way – have the manpower to do what they claim they can do. But everybody takes it as gospel. The same way they'll take it as gospel, the on three NIL grade or whatever uh, that is. Garbage. Garbage. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna that's gonna become gospel as well. And recruit it all started with recruiting rankings. You have a guy that used to work in a sports department, Palm Beach, Florida, rating high school players that have no idea exactly what he's doing. He's just going off of analytics. Maybe eventually he grows into something and has a little bit of experience to do it. But overall, you're going to have difficulties doing that. It's just a fact of life. But the people reading this don't need to know that. And I also think it's bad for the, the sport in general because anybody can Google themselves and sit there and say, oh, I have an NIL valuation of $40,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to immediately go to Kiffin or whatever coach you're, you you play under and say, hey, I want 40 Gs. Here's a, here's a piece of paper that tells me I'm worth 40000 and that's really may or may not be the market, you know, and then that's just not that's that takes away from the fun of college football, I think. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it's just one of those things like on three figured out a way to get clicks. They figured out a way to make money off something. Then they're going to go down that road and make it and milk that baby for as much as they can. And if it takes off, they'll really be able to do it. Now, I think they're doing verified accounts for athletes like nobody cares if that profile is verified. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's almost like a Wikipedia page to where if it's cell phone, that's a negative. You want something that somebody else did about it. it, it There's a whole Musk bunch of stuff. T- yeah. Elon Musk would tweet you back and say, pay $8 to be verified. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, let's change the subject before we get out of here to Marty Biagi. Um, leaving Alrighty. on this um, to go to Notre Dame. Um, honestly, I would be on the lookout and see if Coleman Hertzler comes back. Would be great. And fits that role. Um, we'll see. Lane Kiffin absolutely has no problem finding coaches. Staff turnover and player turnover, it is all combustible. Don't look at this like um, you used to where it was a program. Just look at it as a t- 
2019, 2023 team, 2024 team, and you're going to have new players and new coaches, and then next year we're going to do it all again. Um, that's the way football needs to be constructed right now because it's just not going to be what it was 15 years ago. It's just not. It's I, I don't disagree with you, Stephen. It's just frustrating to sit there and see the, the level of turnover. And you just, I mean, if you run a company, if you're a, a CEO and everybody sits there and says, why you're and everybody's starting to leave the company, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, why is everybody leaving the company? And that may cause some self-reflection. And, you know, I, I don't know if we're at a self-reflection point. It feels like it. It's, I mean, a lot of lateral movement or lateral jobs over, or even worse jobs over the last two to three years for a lot of position coaches. But it's interesting. I think it's noteworthy to discuss. I don't, uh, you know, I, I'd be fine with um, um, Hetzler. Uh, he's been on staff before. He, he's great. I'm, I'm for it. You know, he's Kiffin loyal. So, you know, I think hopefully he'll be there. But anyway, it's just weird to say the least. Yeah, and for anybody that's watching this video also, I haven't talked about it before, but Sterling Gilbert coming in as an analyst, I think he's coming in to provide that that connection to that style of offense. He's used to playing with tempo. He does a lot of the same things that um, Jeff Lebby did. Wasn't a Baylor guy, but he was a Houston guy. So he was early Art Browse tree. But Sterling Gilbert, young guy, he I think he's going to have some good ideas and will help Charlie Weiss Jr. out. Cool, cool. I'll look, in, I'll look into him. Cool, exciting stuff. Yeah, I think he was the offensive coordinator at Texas um, when Charlie Strong was there. Nice. So, um, yes. You know, I, also, I don't know, I'm sure you've talked about it before. I don't know if you and I have. I saw Enrique Davis was a, uh, a kind of hired as an analyst recently, correct? Uh, I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, Enrique um, liked my show yesterday. Uh, <laughs> really? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, uh, I think I love seeing Ole Miss get plugged in with ex-athletes and, uh, no, that's cool. Yeah. You got Michael Spurlock now at Western Kentucky. So he's moved up as a wide receiver coach, um, at Western Kentucky. And you have to think it won't be long before he's back down here and he's actually coaching on the field, but he's going to cut his teeth, um, right now. Yep. Good for him. I saw that as well. Um, I hope he does some, uh, some sort of kick return, you know, something like he's so electric in that world in the NFL. Just I uh, hope he in- incorporates his talents in that world too. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Pratt, thank you so much for stopping by. Had fun as always. I look forward to talking to you next week, buddy. Thanks, Stephen. See you, man. All right.